Hello and welcome to episode six of the Smart Play podcast. Um, it's actually the first time um, that I'm calling it the Smart Play podcast because we've just landed on a name. So for the first uh, official episode of the Smart Play, um, we have got an amazing guest in Isabel Cow. Isabel is the head of social at Corogo. Um, and if you've spent any time on LinkedIn at all, um, then I'm sure you would have come across her posts. She said amazing insights on personal branding and how she copes as a young marketer. Hey, Isabel, how are you doing? Hi, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, very excited to have you on. So I'll let you sort of take lead. And uh, if, you, if you want to tell us a bit about yourself, your, how you sort of became a manager and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, so as we've said, um, I'm Izzy, um, head of social at Krogo. Um, a bit of background about me is I'm 22 years old um, and did not plan to be a head of social at a personal branding agency at 22 years old. Um, so I graduated uni in the summer of 2021 um, and I did history and politics, which obviously is not marketing, it's not business, it's not journalism, it's nothing like that. Um, mostly because I didn't know what I wanted to do when I started university. I was not that person who was selling sweets in the playground. And I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be X, Y, and Z. I very much kind of just went along, went to university, um, kind of decided almost in my third year that I wanted to go into marketing, mostly out of pure and utter panic that I was going to end up in a super boring <laughs> office job. Um, didn't help that I just watched the US, The Office, and was like, oh my God, like they're having fun, but I feel like in the real life <laughs> situation, it wouldn't be so fun. Not um, for you. So, <laughs> no, literally, I was like, mm, do I want to be Pam? Mm, maybe not in real life. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so then I panicked, decided I needed to find something creative, which is basically how I landed in marketing. Well, no, originally it was journalism, but then transitioned transitioned into marketing. Um, from that, I obviously graduated, panicked <laughs> for months. I did not leave with an awesome grad scheme. I did not leave with a bunch of crazy connections or anything like that. Um, and yeah, and it was only in maybe like seven months later that I got the job at my current company, funnily enough, through LinkedIn which is really bizarre because I was not posting on LinkedIn or anything like that back then. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I very much, I had, had a couple of things here and there. I thought my LinkedIn was awesome because I did not know <laughs> what a good LinkedIn cool. looked like at the time. Because um, I'd worked with Pretty Little Marketer, Sophie Miller, and she started posting on LinkedIn. I was like, oh, I should do that. So I posted once every four months and was like, wow, I know how to do this. I did not. <laughs> um, but it still managed to get me noticed enough to get my current, well, a role at my current company as a personal brand manager. Freaked out um, and was like, ha yes, I love to apply for that job. Quickly Googled what was personal brand management. How do I post on LinkedIn? How do I do any of this? Because I had never heard of this industry before, but just said yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think it's served me very, very well. And I stand by doing that. But I also potentially maybe should have had a little bit more um not hesitation but maybe a bit more caution but I think one of the best things you can have as a young person is that almost blissful naivety um I do actually feel like I can get you quite far in the right situation just sort of throw um, yourself into things and see how it goes literally figure it out say yes and figure it out after that <laughs> don't, don't need to figure it out from the start 
which I very much did not. Um, but because of that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to write to clients, this, that, and the other. I need to start posting on LinkedIn. Um, I had 700 followers purely from, I'm pretty sure, my internship with Pretty Little Marketer. None off like my own back or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I started posting on LinkedIn in January 2022, was a personal brand manager um, for about five months at Carogo before promoted to head of social, which is my current role. When I joined the company, there was about three of us, and now there's like 16 of us, which is really, really awesome. Um, and then I also obviously grow my Instagram on the side, which I also started back in February 2022. Once again, because I was like, I need to figure this out, and I need to figure it out quickly, and what's better than actually doing it? Um, and that seems like, seems to be my mentality <laughs> for a lot of the things I've gone forward to throughout my career. So yeah, very kind of all around rundown of me yeah no really cool and uh and i think sort of exaggerated by um actually getting insight into how you approach things there as well that, that really gives a sort of an insight that's really cool so lots to unpack there we'll start with your job if you like and mm -hmm. sort of how you've um coped going from uh brand manager to um head of social and because one that's a very quick succession um after just like five months and, and then two yeah. having a team grow that quickly um i'm sure there's a lot of learning um sort of whilst running i think it's definitely been a weird one <laughs> to say yeah yeah i bet so um it's funny as you said there very very quick progression um quite unnatural i guess when people first go into business um and they first obviously graduate uni that kind of very like five months in a business to like the next level is quite rare um if you do want to follow that progression the best thing you can do is join a small startup once again there was a massive naivety when i started Groga because i actually didn't really fully understand the meaning of a startup i mean i knew that it meant that it was fresh i knew that it meant that it was going like, to progress really quickly um i did not know how quickly it was going to progress and also how much responsibility you get from day one so obviously i joined on as a personal brand manager but when you work at a company where there's like three four people you're also kind of everything like we had friday meetings where we talk about business development and we'd have actual big discussions as a company about where we wanted to go and from about a month and a half in i was already kind of queuing up i guess for a head of social role whenever there was anything to do with a company socials whenever there was anything to do with that a same like a big part of my role is copywriting and clients i very much focused I'm getting the best results from my clients. I had quite a few clients go viral and things like that. And whenever there were conversations around that social aspect over the client aspect, because for me, I love working with clients, but I know my strong suit and my passion has always been the actual social creative side of things. I made sure that I was very much at the forefront of those conversations. So that was really, really important alongside actually joining a startup. Like if someone's in that head of social role, you can't have that role unless they leave or get promoted. Or sure you know, that you can't get into it. So I was really lucky that I joined a company that although it was manic and crazy, because it was so, 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 so new, it meant that there were those possibilities. And I think a lot of people going to startups that maybe have like 15 people, or even 10 people, and think they'll potentially have those same level of progressions. If there's already people in kind of those higher roles, it is going to take a longer time and you do somewhat have to be realistic. So when you are choosing a company to join, that is something you need to think about if you do want to go into a manager position quite early on. Um, 
And then in terms of actually that transition, it was definitely harder than I thought it was going to be, I think. When you first get a promotion, and this is, I've had a lot of conversations, um, obviously with different um, CEOs, both kind of young, but also recently a lot more kind of more experienced, older um, people in business, which has been so helpful and really, really insightful because I think young people have this excited energy and which is awesome. And you come with so many ideas, but I think it's also really easy to get caught up in that. Sure. Um, and one of the big things I was talking to kind of some more older <laughs> entrepreneurs, business people, and um, they hate me saying that, but like 50 plus rather than 20 year olds. <laughs> I don't think anybody likes to consider themselves in the older bracket, do they? No, uh, but I would but say yeah. more experience. More experience. Um, <laughs> and one thing they were saying, which is I definitely realized I almost fell into this pitfall. When you get into a new role or become a manager or things like that, you want to implement so much to almost say you've implemented it and build change because you want to make an impact. And that's so important in businesses. But sometimes that actually can be quite detrimental because you're just trying to create impact in the sake of it. Or you go with all these big ideas and then life gets in the way really, really quickly and business, real business gets in the way and logistics get in the way. And life just becomes so hectic. Like we were talking before this call, even this week, and I've still not learned my lesson. I went in and I was like, oh, I want to accomplish all these different things and all these tasks. I'm going to add them all into my calendar. And before you know it, you've got, oh, can we just add a meeting there? Oh, can you move it around? Oh, do you mind helping out with this? Yeah. Which is kind of your role as a manager to be able to kind of help out. Like, that's your role is I kind of help look after and support like seven or eight people and 50 clients, you know? Yeah. I think when I first came on, I had all these ideas that I was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to completely change this whole business, this, that, and the other. And I have been able to take a lot of the changes I wanted to implement and gradually start kind of building them out. A lot to do, for example, with like the mental health and support side of the business. That was super important to me just because when I started, just because of the nature of a startup, that was really lacking. And I knew that yeah. I didn't want people to be in the same position that I was in. But I do think that was really, really hard going into it with all these ideas and actually reality stopped you from doing everything. And I think a lot of young managers, a lot of new managers, that's a very harsh reality you've got to face when you first start a new yeah. role. Yeah, no, I can imagine that. And um, again, a few things to touch on there, but the um, the thing that jumps out there for me is like trying to manage all of those goals alongside the reality of business and the reality yeah. of day-to-day -day life because um e even now for me and i've you know spent a few years as a marketer and um quite some time in senior roles in, in another life and another job um but uh but even now like i still forget like when i'm planning out my week and i'm planning out the things that i want to achieve absolutely everything takes longer than i <laughs> like something always goes wrong um a software doesn't work the way you want it to there's a glitch there's a bug something's like everything takes longer than you think it's going to take um and then all of a sudden you've got to re reprioritize your whole week halfway through um so i think that's something that we're all learning as we go along yeah uh, <laughs> um but also the fact that again you say like you come in as a as a manager and you you kind of want to make impacts just for the sake of impact because you're a manager and you know you mm -hmm. want to make positive change but at the same time you got to stick with those core business fundamentals um so that's really yeah. cool to sort of see that 
um, that's been a big learning curve for you over the past year or so. Um, how do you manage that kind of stuff now? Yeah, so as I said, still learning, still every single week going, way too ambitious. A couple ways that I think I've started to kind of change is one, looking at quarterly objectives and be very, very clear and make sure they align with the business objectives. Um, for example, within my role, I have loads and loads of different responsibilities. So I've got the actual content side of things. I've got kind of the line manager side of things. I've got the head of social side of things. There's some other big projects going on as well. And being super realistic with almost like one key aim for all of those. And like, what does success look like at the end of Q2, for example, where we are just now? And building backwards from that, I think it's been really useful rather than looking at it on a week by week basis because weeks just go crazy. Like there's no way around it. Um, I would also say I've now started implementing, for example, one thing that has always fallen behind um, within my role is the actual company socials. So the Instagram, LinkedIn, just because when there's internal issues, when I've got team members that need my support, that is always prioritized. And I will always stick with that as a priority. And it's important to understand where your priorities lie because not everything can have the same level of priority. Um, but it's so important. So setting those boundaries. So I have Thursdays are a no call day. Um, and I kind of, mess it up a little bit because what I've now done every other week on Thursday morning I have a call with our social media manager at our company that kind of does the other company socials and um, not our like personal one sure um and we set intentions at the start we go through any problems we do it very very agendered so we set three intentions of the meeting we do the meeting and then set one like big task that we're going to accomplish by the next Thursday and it sets it up, sets that mindset in place. And then that Thursday is a content creation day. And that's a non-negotiable. I think setting those boundaries can seem kind of hard to start off with because you want to be always there to be supporting. And yeah, of course I'll jump from that meeting. And sometimes you have to say no. And I think that's a really important lesson to learn is a lot of the time you're not needed <laughs> in meetings. And as well, finding the ways to empower the team members to do it themselves so that they can learn more the amount of times i've said i'm so sorry i can't do a meeting today can you do tuesday 1 p.m we'll come to tuesday 1 p.m and they've somewhat sorted it out themselves and obviously we'll talk about it and we'll solve it but that just saying i'm so sorry setting those boundaries has actually helped them so setting those boundaries super super important um and as well just not filling up your calendar we're way too ambitious all of us whether you're a manager whether you're a copywriter whatever your role is i will only fill up my calendar even just like 60 percent, if not less at the start of the week and every single sunday because i always do it on sunday nights um i'm like oh my gosh i've got nothing to do this week i'm gonna be fired i'm gonna be made <laughs> redundant like i've got no work to do and then i sit there on friday literally pass out on the floor from yeah. the hectic <laughs> week ever so i think it's just don't overdo yourself remember meetings are work remember admin is work and fit it all in and just don't set those big priorities that you know you've got to get done over a longer period of time but just be realistic on that day-to-day -day basis and set those boundaries yeah yeah no i love it um i think it all comes just back to making the right priorities mm -hmm. and uh and putting a bit of process in place and then like you say just be realistic with yourself um these are the things we can achieve these are the things we can't achieve let's go from here um exactly. so i love it cool um so 
I mean, so you've come into the company, you've you spent this time, you're, you're now uh, the head of social and uh, and you're managing um, a team for the whole time. And you touched on a few bits, like managing meetings with your team members and stuff like that. If you were to give some advice to somebody in a similar position to yourself where they're managing people for the first time uh, and they're trying to, um, you know, you're trying to focus on their well-being and their growth, but also you're trying to look after the company's growth and stuff like mm-hmm. that. What sort of advice would you give to somebody trying to find that balance, I guess? Yeah, big question. So there's always something that people don't like to talk about. A lot of managers on LinkedIn and stuff like that is it's all happy. Everything's happy. The company's going amazing. All this kind of stuff is awesome. And most of the time it is. But one thing people don't talk about is this slightly harder conversations. And as you said, there needs to be that balance between obviously your team looking after your team but also looking after the business and those two things have to align and that can be really tricky sometimes like I'm super lucky like my team's absolutely awesome 100% awesome but obviously there does come times just because you know like I've done it in the past where you could become a little bit complacent or things fall under the wraps like you know there's things get overlooked like it happens and I think that's super important to remember like Every mistake your team has made, you've probably made yourself, but it doesn't mean you just brush past it because actually you're going to be helping them by giving them feedback, by giving them support to say, oh, actually, I do need to think about that. And that's going to make me better at my job. I think as well, if you have a super awesome team, they're all going to want to do really well at their job. Um, Feedback's not a bad thing, if anything. Like when we started out the business, feedback we weren't giving enough of and people were craving it and they loved it and we've just done our quarterly reviews and one of the best bit of feedback from the team to us about them was we were super super direct and actionable about feedback so every single piece of feedback for example let's say it was um i don't know your storytelling posts are really awesome but your conversion posts are just not hitting as well as they should this is the exact webinar you need to watch. Then you need to do these exact activities and you need to do this like little um, kind of thought experiment every single time you write a post. And it's very, yeah. very actionable and people love that. So I think whenever you're delivering those hard conversations, know that you're gonna have to, that's a big part about being a manager. You can't be best friends with everyone all the time, but that doesn't mean you can't be empathetic and it doesn't mean you can't deliver the information in a really helpful way. Like if you just went to someone, your post aren't good enough, sort it like yep. they're gonna panic yeah. they're also not gonna want to do it there's a really great book um i read when i first became a manager and it was you know that book everyone recommends it was how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie yep. i would recommend it to any new managers and basically the concept is people respond so much better to praise and uplifting them and helping them than just criticism because if you criticize someone you're not doing good enough well, I've been putting in the work. I've been trying. If I'm not doing good enough, yeah. you're not going to help me. Why you're should gonna, I try Yeah, it's going to be conflict. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it is about being able to empower your team, even when you do have those hard conversations, which you will have to have. I think that's something you need to get in your head. One thing that I really struggled with when I first started, because I try and be super, super transparent with my team. I like I try and create quite strong kind of relationships with every single person is yeah you're not gonna you can't just give good advice all the time you can't just give like good feedback and so you need to balance that and i would also say something that i really struggled with 
when I became a manager is feeling the need to be perfect all the time whether Definitely. that's being able to call you're on with um yeah like I feel like every single time I was on call with someone I had to give the most groundbreaking insight and help them with their problem or empower them figure out a way to empower them to solve a problem themselves and just some days you don't have all the answers and that's okay that like you don't need to be perfect I think there's so much conversations on LinkedIn at the moment about how to be the best manager ever and how you have to do every single thing ever you can't be perfect you are just a human being and I've had a lot of we have this really great advisor and I've had a lot of conversations with him about being a manager and things like that and we've had a lot of conversations and quite brutally your team is never going to fully understand this sounds weird but understand that you're human you can be as transparent yeah. as you want you can do everything in your power to be like i don't know all the answers they're still going to assume you know all the answers and they're still going to assume course, yeah. that you can go on for longer and you've got it all together um no matter how much you try and like show them that <laughs> you're still normal um and even though you've got those expectations from the team it's just not about putting those expectations on yourself because you will just crumble if you've just got this pressure all the time to be perfect to everyone yeah no i love it just sort of accepting that you are human and that you're still learning yourself mm -hmm. even though you're um in a you know a, exactly. a high station within the company um love it and i also love the the feedback thing there because i think i mean you covered it pretty much extensively but i love the fact that you've kind of coupled feedback with um like positive actions and um, almost tied training into it as well because like it's mm -hmm. one thing giving positive feedback or negative feedback is obviously um that's never going to go too well anyway but it's one thing giving positive feedback but another thing saying okay this is what's going well this is going wrong and here's how you can fix it i think that's mm -hmm. that's really sort of yeah. the next level thing so i love that one of the things that you mentioned um the other week and you touched on slightly there um, but when we spoke the other day you mentioned about this sort of negative impact on social media uh, for managers and how mm -hmm. there because there is so much you need to be the best type attitude or on you know, LinkedIn or whatever it might be um, that that kind of has a negative impact on on how you work as a manager um, you explained it much better than I can so I'll, I'll let you sort of run through that and, uh, yeah. uh, and give me your thoughts on that yes so once again, we've got a super, super awesome advisor at our company. Um, I spoke to him quite extensively about this, but I didn't even realize that that was almost a problem until I started explaining to him the whole perfectionist thing and feeling like I've got to pick up everyone's work because you see so many times on social media, on LinkedIn especially, um, oh, I just did all my almost like did all my team's work to help them out and now they can like go off and enjoy their time and this that and the other and you have to be kind of you set the tone for every single meeting and you have to be empathetic and give great feedback and be able to help everyone and do everything and obviously there is an element of a lot of those things and i'm not saying all of those things are bad things and i'm not saying that you shouldn't be doing those and that's not traits of a great manager but I think it's that thing where you feel like you just have to do everything all the time. We even got into, like to be full transparent, we actually got into almost, not a bad place, but 
where kind of the senior team were doing jumping in too much and being like oh it's fine you're stressed i'll write some content for you or i'll do this or i'll do that without necessarily empowering people to figure out how to do it themselves and instead of like we were almost treating the symptoms by doing that rather than looking at the cause so we'd be like oh i'll just help you with your work because that's what you're meant to do and that's what a good manager does rather than being like okay clear the problem here is a time management issue let's look at your calendar let's look how you work best the amount of conversations i've had with my team where i've been like right when do you get tired in the day after lunch okay so why are you trying to write content then write content in the morning set boundaries for yourself in the same way as managers we set boundaries with calls why don't you put your calls at this time instead and actually looking at the root of the calls rather than just jumping in and doing everything all the time and i actually had a really interesting conversation as well the other day and it was with my dad (laughs) when i was in thailand the other week and it was so funny just it was interesting to hear different management styles. So he's been a manager for the past, I don't know, 30 years at this point. His job is to basically go into companies and change their company culture. Um, and it was so interesting. And I don't really agree with what he said, but it's a really interesting, I guess, thing to show there are different sides. So basically I was saying, I just think I have to be perfect and I have to be best friends with everyone all the time. And then that's really hard when you're having those difficult conversations or you're stressed. And he was like, who on earth said you have to be best friends with everyone? Like, you need to be fair. You need to be just. You need to have empathy. But that's like, that's what you fundamentally need as a manager. And I am friends with a lot of people on my team. We have laughs. We talk about personal lives. I'll ask them how their partner's doing. And we'll message, like, on private WhatsApps and stuff. I'm not saying there needs to be this complete boundary. I think that full kind of side of it is quite old school. And as well, he works in, like, construction and it's a very different industry very different world world than what we all work in but i just think there's so much pressure to be everything and that's because i think it's the same with hustle culture on linkedin or you have to start a business and i think there's a lot of content about being a manager where you just have to be perfect and i think it's really great i think it's super great to be critical about what you're doing. I had a conversation with a friend the other day about this, how I love being a young manager because I'm more critical about what I do because I've not done this for 30 years, so I can't say I've done it. And I think being critical of what you're doing is really important. I don't think you should ever just become complacent. What I do affects a bunch of people. And so it is important to take that very, very seriously and be questioning what you're doing and trying to better yourself. But it can become quite crippling and it actually can have negative repercussions on your team when you try and be perfect because it means that sometimes as i said you'll take on stuff rather than thinking how can i train them how can i empower them to do it themselves and become the best they can be because they're relying on me yeah so much so it is just like finding yeah. that balance and just not comparing yourself to people online yeah no I, I, I that makes complete sense and i really like sort of like you say the it's about finding the balance um and then also like that not letting like being critical of yourself but not letting that overwhelm you i think that's important mm-hmm. to as a manager but also just whatever it is you're trying to do whether you're trying to get better at your day-to-day job whether you're trying to get better at a hobby or like being critical of yourself and constantly looking for improvement is super important but the moment that that starts to stress you out it has a negative effect um yeah. so you need to try and find that that balance um yeah yeah. no i love it um yeah cool that was really really interesting um i I guess i mean i I can't have you on without very briefly um 
touching on sort of some uh, personal branding topics uh, just because you've had this sort of amazing growth um, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you'd feel that way as well. You, you've, you've done very um, well in terms of building an audience uh, uh, and quite a well-engaged following both on LinkedIn and Instagram. People can find your advice on both platforms anyway, but if you was to give somebody advice thinking about starting to build a personal brand, but um, but what I'll ask from you is, is somebody who works a nine to five, somebody who's building a personal brand for their career, what would you say? Yeah, so I always say for everyone building a personal brand, you have to have an end goal in mind, or not necessarily an end goal, because it's con like constantly changing, but you do need to understand where you want to go. Um, or what you just want to do with it, basically. So if you're building a personal brand and you're a nine to five employee, let's say you work in marketing because that's just the most relevant for this situation. <laughs> let's say you're a marketing manager and you either want to one day start your own business, but not necessarily. I don't necessarily want to start my own business. That should not be the goal for everyone. But maybe you want a better community of marketers or maybe you want to get a better job because quite frankly, that is a really great, part of building your personal brand is you build networks you get more opportunities and you get higher paid roles just because obviously you can progress faster because of that network i would always say think about what people need to know about you um to get to that goal for example if you want to get a better job in marketing you need to show you've got experience you need to show your credibility you need to show that you're very much in tune with what's going on in the marketing sphere so you need to talk about I don't know if there was a big campaign that's been released what are your thoughts on it what are your opinions on it not just what you know about it but what you actually have something insightful to say about that so that would be a very very big core part of your content strategy and it's really thinking about how am i going to get from where i am to where i want to be but i also think as well as a nine to five employee it's really exciting when you go your personal brand because you don't have to monetize it if you don't want to i've got a lot of friends that obviously grow their personal brand for business purposes and so all their content like how can i build authority how can i get leads how can i make more money because that's how they pay the bills and they get food on their table so very very understandable but that can sometimes take the fun out of it a little bit so as well if you're building a personal brand as a nine to five employee obviously have that goal in mind but you can also just build a personal brand to connect with people similar to you so start writing about what you know start writing about your experience how is it being a nine to five employee? What have you learned? Is there differences between your mentality to the people that are growing those businesses online? Like start those conversations. It's really, really refreshing to see. And I would attribute a lot of my personal LinkedIn success to that is that I'm not trying to get leads. I'm just trying to tell a story. I'm trying to nurture a community because the best part about LinkedIn for me is the people that I've met. Before I started growing, I had obviously, I had friends at university, I'm still friends with them all now, and they're all absolutely awesome. But they had such different mentalities when it came to careers than me. Um, a lot of them were very kind of vocational, a lot are now psychologists and engineers and things like that, which is so awesome. But even though I'm a nine to five employee, I've got quite an entrepreneurial mindset, even though I don't personally want to have a business. Sure. And just being able to nurture that community and have fun with LinkedIn and create content that inspired myself and hopefully other people as well. I met people who were really similar minded to myself, which meant I kept going and meant that I learned more and meant that I nurtured that entrepreneurial business mindset that I didn't even know that I had beforehand. So I would say when you start building a personal brand, 
think about who you want to be like what are the traits that you love like think about the life you want to create create content around that inspire people who are similar build out that network and you genuinely never know what opportunity is going to find you even if you don't have a business yeah i love it um i think that was pretty much everything um awesome. so, yeah no great thank you thank you for having me <laughs> if uh if people want to get in contact with you um obviously i i i think i already know the answer but where's the best place for them to reach out to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the best place is either isabel cowell on linkedin or dear future marketer on instagram cool perfect thank you Lizzie. thank you